I much prefer the sharpest criticism of a single intelligent man to the thoughtless approval of the masses. The Interplanetary Podcast. The exploration of space for the benefit of all mankind. Your hosts here in London, Matthew Russell and Jamie Franklin. Oh yeah, baby, Johannes Kepler. Yo ho ho, Johannes Kepler. Crimbo Kepler. It's getting emotional, Matt, because this is the last podcast of the year. How do you feel? I've got a little bit of a cold, Jamie. Bit of sniffles, haven't you? As we say goodbye to 2019. Yeah, what a year. It's been quite the year, isn't it? It has been very busy. December the 27th, though, Jamie, before it's gone. Yes. Johannes Kepler's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Keppers. 1571. He's old, man. He he would have been old. He is well old. So long as the mother, ignorance, lives... It is not safe for science, the offspring, to divulge the hidden causes of things. That's genius, isn't it? Ooh, scary. That's good, that's good. Maybe maybe that sums up 2019 better than anything else. Kind of does, right? So, Jamie, a quick space news that was happening just as we were recording last week's podcast... Wait, you're not going to talk about Starliner, are you? I am going to. We're going to have to talk about Starliner. Go on then. If anything, this sums up our predictions for the year going terribly wrong. (laughs) Yeah, this is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Starliner, afraid it had a bit of a hiccup on the way to the International Space Station. So yes, Friday, just before we spoke to do the last podcast and during our interview with Helen Sharman. Your interview. Yeah, Mark. Well, it ended up being my interview, didn't it? An Atlas V rocket had performed perfectly and slotted CST-100 Starliner into a beautiful orbit. Uh, And it was at that point Helen Sharman and I looked at it and thought, oh, that's good news. Uh, However, at that point, Starliner itself was supposed to use its own thrusters and get into into a much better orbit and start chasing down the ISS. But for some reason, that didn't happen. And do you know what that reason was? Go on. Well, this seems to be the usual thing with rockets is that the clock was wrong. Oh, for f- so it's something to do with the, the Starliner itself asks the mothership booster rocket what what the time is and it, and it misheard by 11 hours. Hello, mothership, can you wind my watch up, please? Sorry, what was that? Okay, yeah, I'll stick it to 11 o'clock. <laughs> what, mid- <laughs> midday? Oh, okay. So anyway, oh, so God. <laughs> the consequences of that is that, of course, the, now the Starliner thinks it's in a different, completely different part of the mission. Part of the mission it thinks it's in obviously requires more accuracy with mm. its um, orientation to Earth. And as a result, it ha- it's using its, its own thrusters with a lot more aggression to keep this alignment really precise going through a lot of fuel to get to make this uh, alignment super precise and while it's doing this of course it's drifting out of orbital position making it harder for them to uh, establish contact with the starliner and they've gone well, where's it gone and by the time they found it and are able to talk to it find out what the problem is and then correct it starliners used just a little bit too much of its fuel up aggressively doing this alignment manoeuvres. Matt, call me old-fashioned, but 
in this day and age, with the millions and billions of pounds spent on doing stuff like this, wouldn't you have expected that there's just a, a fix, a quick fix if, oh, by the way, let's just let's just put something in the system that if it gets the wrong time, we press a button to reset it, all good. I mean, really? Well, who knows? I mean, it's who all knows? software, I, isn't I think it? I'm it's being, all, it's I, all... Yeah, I definitely don't know what I'm talking about, but I am surprised by it. I, it's really bizarre, but the amount of times we hear about a clock issue or a or an overflow issue, and it's a so- software issue, and, y- and you're right, it's the end of a multi-million pound process. Yeah, it just it's seems in, to be like, have you, have you overlooked that? Seems a bit that? odd. Yeah. Well, it's, it's obviously very, very complicated. They oh, can't exactly. all, all be making the same mistake, can they? Um, but yes, by the time they discovered it, it's used up too much fuel, Jamie, and so it's not going to be able to get to the ISS and dock safely. So after that, they thought, right, let's just get it into a good orbit, so after that point, um, Starliner performed absolutely perfectly, got into a good orbit, mm-hmm. got itself into a good insertion burn back to the Earth and l- pretty much bullseye landing in White Sands on Sunday morning, absolutely perfect. Is that White Sands in New Mexico? Uh, yes. Ah, oh, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see, uh, did you see anything landing there? No, but I saw a beautiful, um, I saw the moon there very bright and it was, it was just a lovely experience. Very surreal. I definitely felt like I was on another planet. Oh, that's, that's quite cool. Yeah. That's, that's the, that was the night, Matt, that I ordered from the local pub, a, uh, a chili dog thinking it was a hot dog with chili sauce. Turns out, Matt, in America, that means chili con carne poured over a hot dog. Mm. And I'll tell you this, I wasn't disappointed. (laughs) <laughs> I shall bear that in mind. Bear that in mind. <laughs> so th- th- here's the big here's the big one, Jay. Yeah. Can NASA let it slide? And are they going to allow mm. um, Boeing to do the next uh, crude demonstration? Or are they going to have to repeat this? So and NASA's original contract, it actually says in the contract that the test flight needs to demonstrate automated rendezvous and proximity operations and docking with the ISS. Sounds easy. Well, obviously it wasn't. No. And uh, Starliner didn't manage it. So are Boeing going to have to pay for a second attempt to do that whole thing? Or are NASA going to say, well, we've seen enough now. We're pretty confident you can do it. Mm. Yeah, it's a tricky one, that. What's amazing is pretty much straight away, Boeing sacked their CEO, Dennis Moylenberg, uh, straight after. He's now, gone. I, I think he's gone, mainly because of the 737 MAX crisis. But the embarrassment of this, I don't think, helped. I think no, it was probably the final straw. in the nail in the coffin, yes. Well, in, in slightly better news, SpaceX completed the 10th parachute test for the Crew Capsule Dragon 2. So it looks like SpaceX have just edged in front of Boeing for a crew demonstration launch first. So that's going to be interesting. Whether that's going to happen in the spring or the summer well, is anyone's guess right now. Elon is having a good month, isn't he? He's stock, having a better month. S- stock prices have gone up. <laughs> Parachute test worked. He's not He's not going to have to pay millions to, to someone he called a paedophile. Yeah, he's definitely on the up. So before we get to our Helen Sharman uh, review of the year, which yes. is a long one, 
uh, you st- strap yourselves in. Well, we you should hope really so. just yeah. quickly just run down what happened this year in just in orbital launch, Jamie. Hit me with some important. hit me with some stats. As we record, there's been 99 orbital launches. Looks oh. like that'll be a that'll be 100 by the end of today. Possibly 103 by the year end. And nice. easily easily in the lead are the Chinese with 33 possibly 35 launches by the end of the year. So that is that is a trend uh, that, that Helen uh, outstanding. notes. Um, well done, China. And, uh, uh, yeah, and they've actually, on the 27th, they've probably got their most important launch of the year, which is their Long March 5, which Ooh, is similar yeah. to the Delta and Falcon Heavy uh, kind of lift capability, so it's a, a super heavy lift vehicle. Well, with their moon ambitions, Matt, it is very important. They need to get this right. Exactly. And it looks like the Russians may have helped them fix it, but I don't oh, know about it. Nice I'd have to look, look, look further into it. But uh, the US have only had 27 launches this year, and really only 21 if you take out the New Zealand Electron launches. Hmm. Uh, Russia are one behind that on 20 if you take out the European launches. 23 if you include the European and 25 possibly with the next two rockets, which is the last ever rocket and the, and one of the last protons. <laughs> I don't like the word rocket. Rocket. It is a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. Europe managed six or nine, including the Soyuz. India managed six, Japan managed two, and Iran didn't manage any, and everything they tried to launch failed. Yes, two failures. Well, you know, it's been a busy year, hasn't it? Well, it's been a busy year for Zhejiang Spaceport. God damn it The busiest year. 13 launches. Not bad. And Soyuz 2 has been the busiest rocket with 15 launches, and if you compare that to in the early 80s when Soyuz spacecraft were doing about 60 launches a year, makes you realise, actually, that the cadence of rocket launches has dropped considerably since the heady days of the 80s. God damn. Talking of Soyuz, though, Jamie, do you want to listen to someone who's actually flown on a Soyuz rocket? Well, I think we should. Here it is. Helen Sharman, who was our first guest of the year and is now our last guest. I'm of the year. absolutely gutted that I couldn't make it because of flooding. Um, but I'm so glad, Matthew, that you made it down uh, to speak to the legend herself. I'm a little bit jealous, Jamie, because you get to listen. I know, I haven't heard this. I'm aching yeah. with excitement. Please roll it. Ecoute! The Interplanetary Podcast, putting the ace. Back into space. So I'm joined on the podcast like at r- right at the beginning of the year, we had Helen Sharman. Right at the end of the year, we have Helen Sharman, Britain's first astronaut. Hello, Helen. Hello. It's so wonderful to be back. And I can't believe that it's been only one year because so much has happened this year. Oh, my gosh. Has it? Has it? <laughs> we, we haven't got a Jamie, unfortunately. Jamie's stuck in Brighton because his train got all soaked. So he's very deeply upset, Jamie. But... We'll make up for it. And we'll say a big hi to Jamie. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and keep dry, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought what would be fun is if we went through what's happened since we last saw you. Because it's been a busy year 
for sure. <laughs> and, I, and I thought, well, if we take it month by month, because um, the one thing that I thought was quite funny, we, we tried to sum up the we tried to sum up the year, and this this is what we actually said. We said, so what's happening in two thousand and nineteen? That commercial space was going to come of age, and we're going to have a commercial moon landing, a commercial providers of astronaut flights, uh, commercial space tourism, and uh, commercial space internet. So we thought we we're going to get all of those things this year. So unfortunately, my guesses were, <laughs> were pretty wrong on all of those. I think it's the co commercialism, though. It's, it's a funny thing, isn't it? So the more I think about um, about commercial space flight, yeah. especially when we think about human space flight, obviously it's been happening um, for non-human launches for a long time. But um, but actually, I mean, NASA has been contracting out you know bigger and bigger chunks of its human space flight programs for a long time. And I think all that's happened really now is that. It, they, they, they are very big chunks, and they're giving a little bit more of that um, uh, of the ownership, let's say, to yeah. those commercial industries. But still, it's, it's still just it is a contract basis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's still NASA that's going to be in um, be be in charge, let's say, of of launches to and from space station. Um, I think it's, uh, it's it's when those commercial um, sides take the com companies actually take just punters, you know, just yeah. people who just want to pay to go and have an experience. That's when I think we can really call it full commercial space flight. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it, it really is just a straight swap, isn't it, for paying for Soyuz seats or paying for SpaceX or Boeing seats? It's, yeah. it's not, there's no real difference, is there? Yeah. Apart from. I guess the national pride of the of, of the Americans, but yeah, national pride, and they do, I think NASA does have a, a bit more control when it's a contracted specifically to yeah. to send them up, or or do you pay somebody else to do it? But yes, it's um it's it's for for NASA, of course, they they want to have, and they should have more than one option. Yeah, you know, we'd all like to have backup plans. Yeah. <laughs> That's what good yeah. astronauts do. So yeah, I mean, if we look at just that one that one aspect of it, the com the commercial space in terms of yeah these these. Boeing and SpaceX doing trips up to the International Space Station. Now, you've been up to a space station on a Soyuz rocket, which is still the Soyuz rocket that's carrying um, people up at the moment. Why is it so hard to build something that that supersedes something that was designed in the in the 50s. Oh, I think what they're, they're trying to do is, is rather than just do little sort of incremental changes, they're doing something completely different. So, of course, we saw um, Elon Musk's um, up and then the rocket coming back down again. I mean, that kind of thing. Soyuz doesn't do. It just, <laughs> just jettisons the stuff and they, they crash land in yeah. Kazakhstan. Um, I mean, Soyuz stuff is 1950s technology designed in the 1960s and just incrementally um, improved. And I think that's that's where it, where it gets different. And... and I think Soyuz as well is 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 it's this Soviet style engineering. It's big, it's heavy, um, and and for that that means that actually um, it's expensive getting getting it into space. You've got a lot more fuel, but it's very strong, physically strong. Um, whereas if you want to do something that's sort of much more flight fancy, lighter foot, that kind of stuff, it goes up and down. You don't need to have so much fuel. It's the right way to go. But um, and anything happens, then there's not yeah. an awful lot of um, leeway. Yeah, well, it, it's, well, it's clearly very tricky because th the fact that we're still we still haven't seen a crewed launch since the in, the retirement of the space shuttle yes. is, is. I mean, of course, I mean we've had. Um, 
uh, commercial spacecraft dock onto the space station yeah. that carried cargo. It's just that NASA hasn't trusted them with humans because they they've got to have this um, uh, launch abort, haven't they? Sort of yeah. scenario tested fully, and, um, and and that's what hasn't happened yet. And of course, if a launch abort for a cargo, well, you crash the cargo yeah. ship, fine. But and NASA won't allow that to happen with yeah. astronauts. <laughs> um, so um, so yeah, I think that's 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 it's those fail safes um, that that they need to get right. Um, but yeah, I mean, Russia's managed it fine with um, you know, p pulling people away from the Soyuz spacecraft. But you, you get quite a lot of G. You know, yeah. these ballistic landings can be upwards of eight and nine G sometimes. Um, and I imagine NASA wants to reduce that so that it's a bit more comfortable. Um, and it gives them then, it future proofs it for um, launches that aren't necessarily for astronauts that might be young, strong and fit. Of course, the two two astronauts well the astronaut and a cosmonaut that that when we we when we last saw you we we just had that incident hadn't we where they they uh, yeah, had a launch October abort. time didn't it yeah. yes so yes. They, they're actually they actually made their they did finally make their trip to space i believe didn't they and they had yes as 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 far as i can see they seemed to have a, a a great time um and of course they launched with Christina Koch who's still there yeah. so she's having this really long mission um, and there was a huge amount of data that NASA needs and from these long duration missions I think this is the other thing NASA's realising is that it's all very well sending people for on even two or three months isn't really long duration when we're thinking about Moon and Mars now yeah. and all of a sudden NASA's realised that there's so little data um, astronauts themselves are already sort of selected from quite a small pool of people um, and the even then the differences between individual sets of data you know, like the loss of bone density over six months of microgravity, you might lose 2% or over 20% of your bone density. Mm. So that's you know, times 10. Um, and, and many, many different you know, examples are, are, are similar. So the, the differences between individuals is often, I think, bigger than the differences between, um, be between let's say, categories mm. of people that we might have. So it's just very difficult, and that's understanding that they've got to get a lot more data before they can really um, understand what happens to humans in space. Yeah, and so this understanding of what humans are like in space, presumably that the, the long-term thinking is 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 a mission to mars yeah that's what, we're all getting very excited about that aren't we and of course every every um astronaut sort of is trying to uh, well every astronaut who i know is trying to calm down um i must say the excitement because it's nice being excited about going to mars but to kind um um when people think about well are we going to go to to, to the moon in 2024 no it's technically possible but there would be little point because by going to the moon in 2024, we'll just get American boots, probably an American woman. Yeah. No, no bad thing per se, but what a waste if we can't then properly use that mission as part of a longer programme mm. to get us to Mars. That's the whole point is learning more um, and building a base so that we can use that to help us get get, get further. But yes, uh, Mars will be exciting. Um, actually, I think it's going to be the Chinese, you know, still. Um, and uh, I know we're sort of jumping around a bit, but, yeah. uh, but um, with, with landing that Changi 4 on the other side of the moon um, not just that amazing feat of the stuff that they had to do engineering technically and, and managing that kind of mission but they stated up front this is all part of a long-term mission um, to establish a base 
probably on the south pole of the moon. Um, but and, you know, part of what they're doing as well, they're, they're learning more about radiation, um, which we, don't, we didn't get that much information on because there were, the Apollo astronauts were on the moon for so little time anyway. So they're getting radiation damage, which is what we, know, we worry about in terms of people spending a long time out of low Earth orbit. Um, and, 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 you know, and they've stated this is part of us having a base on the moon and ultimately going to Mars. And they've stated they want to get to Mars by the end of the 2030s. Yeah. They probably will. And yet, you know, because we don't get the hype from them. No, no well, well, this year's been a, a watershed moment because the, the Chinese have had more, more launches than anyone else, quite considerably more launches than anyone else this year. Gosh, that's interesting. Yeah, fact. and, and they've, 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 they've had some pretty good triumphs like and, and I think yeah the Chang'e 4 mission I think's really really interesting one a because it's it's got a few international collaborations on it there's a there's a Ger Germans and the Swedish I believe are, are involved with it as well so that that's interesting that that yes. that the Chinese and and NASA actually got involved I believe with, I think with... they were supposed to weren't they? I mean that's what um that's what the Chinese and, and NASA says, yeah. but I mean, in, in the, they were supposed to just sh share information, really. Yeah. But in the end, I don't think, well, I, I'm not involved in the, in the mission itself, but as I understand, not a huge amount of information no. got translated from one, one side of the um, <laughs> of the world to the other. And I think that's that's NASA's lost a trick there. And I think the part of the problem is NASA just wants to go and get there first. Mm. Um, and they're probably very worried that by sharing, they actually, the Chinese may, may just go and do it. I, I don't know the politics, but um, I imagine um, the race is on, but NASA and China are keeping it very, very close. China doesn't need to tell the rest of the world, they'll just do it anyway. Yeah. NASA is uh, is just wanting, it was quite clear, they, it's, it's all about getting Americans to the moon. Yeah. They're paying lip service to get letting other people, let, allowing other people almost <laughs> to take part. I mean, the Chinese gave the rest of the world actually an opportunity, an open opportunity to collaborate a few years ago. Um, the rest of the world said, well, actually, you know, we don't want to do it on your terms because they were very much, well, we're doing it yeah. and you can just take part, just like NASA's doing. Um, and I think, yeah, politically, that's the problem, isn't it, right now with, uh, with America and China? Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, not, not allowed to export um, technology. No, but, yeah, I mean, but we're, we're starting in January because January, I think, was a, was, a, was, a, was, a fantastic, was a fantastic month, wasn't it? We, the the Chang'e 4 mission had, had just landed, hadn't it? it, it, it had, Actually, because that came just, yes, oh. quite near the beginning. Yeah. Um, we got very excited about another mission, which I, I shall, you yeah. might want to go on to about it, but yes, but I think we lost a bit of Changi 4 and the excitement of that because of the other mission. That, yeah, again, the NASA yeah. just, of course, you know, I'm sure they knew that Changi 4 was about to land, they would yeah. have done, um, and wanted to beat the news. <laughs> so, uh, yes, in fact, there was quite an early news release, wasn't there, that, hey, isn't this a, a wonderful image? And we all went, it kind of, it looks like five yeah. pixels on one side and three on the other. <laughs> We're not really quite sure what it's off. And, and a few days later, well, we had this amazing image, which I'm sure they would have waited for had it not been for Changi 4. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think um, we, we would have heard a bit more about Changi 4. Well, well, even more amazing, there was a third mission, OSIRIS-REx, that was completely... That, that was got to... Um, oh, what's the name of the astronaut? Bennu. Oh, the, on, yes, on the th yes. on the 31st of December yes. so it was right at the end yes. of the year it managed to get into orbit yes. but I think that's kind of um, a bit sort of second best as well because of course there's the Japanese yeah, Hayabusa yeah. too which has <laughs> sort of already been to Ryugu yeah. and which I mean in my mind really exciting and yeah. the Japanese of course have had the Hayabusa well they didn't call it Hayabusa one but it was the first um, asteroid 
um, sort of re return mission, um, and um, and, and they, they learnt a lot on that. But also they learnt, I suppose, I suppose we all do. When the more you learn, you know what you don't know, and they learnt a lot about what they needed to study. And Hayabusa two is now picking up on all of that. So I think, yeah, I, I'm more excited about the Japanese one. Actually, it's 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 going to return in advance. That because of what they learnt on the first mission, I think they're much likely to get some really good good samples. And of course, they've gone into the. Um, into the asteroid, but that was later on in the year. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, 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 yeah. I mean, it was throughout the year, wasn't it? Hayabusa mm. two. What, what's it, what's extraordinary about Hayabusa two is how cheap it was. It seems to be incredible, like this incredibly cheap mission. It's got four rovers on, on board. It's got this projectile that shoots into the asteroid. And these it's, rovers are doing some amazing stuff because, of course, yeah. the asteroid's got so little gravity that they don't need the wheels. Yeah. So, of course, very cleverly, they're saying, you know, what, we'll just have little sort of hops and kind of just hop. From one part yeah. to another, um, great, you know, and it's not going to get damaged because it's just going to come down nice and gently. Mm -hmm. It might bounce a bit, but um, yeah. Yeah, but there's been a little German rover, isn't there, that's been on, on uh, that was part of that mission, and that and that's been there for a whole, like a whole year, just roaming around and doing science with, with some of the same instruments that ended up on in on Insight is what I was reading this morning. I was thinking that really is that's that's so I wonder I wonder how much data is going to come from just that one part of the Hayabusa 2 mission. I so, think, yeah, yeah. That's, oh, yeah, it's a whole load of stuff, isn't it? And you think about, I mean, it's, it's, I know it's quite near Earth, so it's not huge distances away, but the fact that we can land on something that's got so little gravity, um, and but yet it, it will give us all that understanding as we, under, as we sort of see what's below the surface about um, how the Earth was formed yeah. and, uh, and water, of course. This is well, excitement about um, go, not just going to Mars and, and and surviving there and perhaps long term on the moon but where else in the universe might there be waters there's a lots of um uh, lots of i think forward thinking in terms of uh, that, we, that we can do with the knowledge about how the solar system was created and where our waters come from yeah that's that that question seemed to only get more complicated didn't it with the uh cheerium of Cherry Semenko. Well uh, pronounced. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a little song in my head, which <laughs> is how I remember it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the, the, but the, that that seems to have been that that really is such a great question, isn't it? Where did where did all the water come from? And if if things like Hayabusa too, because that that lands in twenty twenty ne this next year. Yeah, back on Earth. Uh, back yes, on Earth yes. in in uh, Woomera, which yes. is of course the place where the first British, the only British <laughs> orbital rocket ever took off. So that should be exciting. Yeah, I mean, you know, really tremendously exciting. Yeah, yes. I mean, that, yeah. that opening, imagine, imagine being the scientists that get to open up the canister. Yes. Well, of course, they've got to be so careful, haven't they, that they don't contaminate the sample. Yeah. And uh, as I understand, there's, um, it's, it, they'll be in a, it's in a nitrogen atmosphere inside a box, obviously, and then that box will be inside another box with a nitrogen atmosphere. And then when they do open them, they've got to be careful that the pressures of nitrogen are the same, otherwise they'll get an influx one way or the other, or they'll lose stuff or you'll have an influx. So yes, it's very, very interesting, and they've got to be so, so careful. And as I understand as well, they um, some of the data from the first Hayabusa mission, so to, to an, um, another, I don't know the name of the first um, asteroid it went to, that was... No, was um, yeah. 
some Japanese name Yakimoto or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> don't, don't, don't quote me on that one. Um, but um, but they, they they decided not to do to open some of the samples until they had worked out how best to do it. Mm. So that's quite a um, a foresighted thing to do as well, actually. Yeah. Um, well, actually, it, the, some of the lunar samples are being have been opened up this year as well. Apparently, so that they've been kept pristine. It's like, well, let's keep those pristine until we've got some new technology. So. I suppose that's something that's happened in 2019 Jeez, that, that I yes. hadn't predicted. Yes. I think the thing about the moon is that, that we didn't do very much digging down. Mm. Um, and um, this is the other thing about Changi 4, of course, it's gone onto that, into that crater, which is I mean, it's hugely deep. Mm. Is it something like thir is it 13 kilometres deep? Yeah, some, it's, some it's huge. huge yeah. So uh, the thought is that it's, it's exposed bits of the mantle um, and the crust um, that we might not otherwise be able to see. Well, yeah, well, apparently the, the little Jade Rabbit 2 uh, <laughs> rover has actually, yeah, rolled, uh, has been rolling around in between its little sleeps and has found, yes, a piece of, uh, has got to mantle rock. So that I think, so that's managed to achieve something, I mean, that's extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, the, so it's, I mean, yeah, the, the Changi 4 mission, I think, it's got so many brilliant, but it's got a, it's got that uh, Magpie Bridge little, satellite that's out oh, in the Lagrange Oh, yes, of course, point. yes, it's, it's like a transmitting all the data. Yeah, yes. which is, which I, which is A, I love the name, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember, Quijou or something, but the Magpie Bridge is such a beautiful name. Apparently it's after some, it's a fairy tale about a Magpie Bridge that was built for two lovers to get across a river. Every every now and then, oh, how lovely. The, the magpies used yes. to fly down and make a bridge. <laughs> but I don't, so yeah, all those sort of Chinese poetic yes. things. But I think, yeah, in terms of in terms of a what what January was a great. I mean, yes, well, January yes. was just well, that was just epically full. good, wasn't it? I mean, we had so we had those those three big missions: uh, um, Changi Four, New Horizons, and and Osiris Rex, all kind of arriving at the same. At yes. the same time, pretty much on January the first, really, wasn't it? It was yeah. all bang, 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 yes. bang. Yes, yeah. And um, and a good time for news, of course, because there's very other news. Yeah, the news. So it's good. good so for space. yeah, or, well, two of them made the news quite a lot, didn't they? So I think the, the like you said, the Osiris mm. Rex one is a funny one because it, it doesn't have all the bells and whistles that uh, Hayabusa two. There's no rovers flying out or bullets <laughs> flying out. But it does. Yeah, but there is a sample return. I think mm. that's 2023. Like yeah. you said, it's going. We have to wait well. a long time. But they're similar asteroids, aren't they? The two. The I know, two. and actually, when you um, when you see images of them, they even appear similar. They're this sort of like diamondy shape, yes. And as I understand it, it's because the um, the, the rocks that form them have just um, coagulated. As I think the word is um, agglomerated. Um, I think it's agglomerate rather than aggregate. There is a there is a technical difference between those two words. Um, so the rocks have come together anyway, um, and as as they're spinning, so you create this kind of this diamond shape, a bit like a sort of spinning top. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I think in a way, perhaps a bit of a shame. I, I, maybe it's it's good because we'll get lots of data about similar asteroids. Perhaps that's a good yeah. thing. But um, I would have thought in my naivety about this, maybe it would be better to have gone and visited quite a different kind of asteroid. But um, yeah, meteor. But there might might be other. Different stories, but there we go. Comets, let's say. Yeah, well, there, there's some. We, there was some interesting announcement, wasn't there, from ESA? I think have have done a, have got the budget for their asteroid intercept mission. I think which is one that sort of waits around for. No, it's a comet intercept mission, isn't it? Where it waits around for comets or asteroids that it can go. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, great. In orbit and and go and That'd swing out and get yeah. it. So yeah, super. So there's some there's some good mission. There's definitely some good missions in the pipeline. But yeah, the 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 higher booster too. So. 
Chang'e 4, anything else from anything else from January? Let's have a look. Oh yes, well we had Musk's Musk starship that he was just built got blown over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. so that so I guess I mean that the the Elon Musk starship has definitely been the kind of most it, the most newsworthy story throughout the year, hasn't it? It's it seems to have given quite a lot of press interest. Yes, I think we, we like it because it's him. <laughs> and and he always comes and does the press conferences and he's, he's good value for the media because sometimes he, he does something that's silly. Mm. Um, and he's always very, um, he's full of his own self-importance, I suppose, mm. and he blags about everything, um, which it kind of is, is good in a way because we get the news out there. There's a lot going on that we don't hear about um, for other people, I think, as much. Mm. But yes, but in terms of what he has done, I mean, yeah, a huge amount this year when you think of you know, going from from that time in January, gosh, and it, it does seem like um, um, that that must have been another era completely when you think how, how <laughs> fast the development's gone. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was just, it was round about, yeah, it was in January that we first discovered that um, it was going to be made from stainless steel. Was <laughs> Did you, did you were you shocked by stainless steel as a, as a rocket material? Well, it seems a bit heavy, doesn't it? I yeah. mean, but on the other hand, it's sturdy. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, uh, because he calls himself the chief designer, Elon Musk. Well, he, he, he calls he, himself an awful lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Elon. <laughs> so, so I, I'm I, I'm kind of impressed that he that well, I suppose he's putting he's he's putting his reputation on the line at least, isn't he? I'm, I know it's a huge. He definitely is a huge bragging personality, but it's 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 where he's. It'd be interesting to see where he's going to take Starship. You know, I think cause... it's yeah, really great that he's he's got not just the interest, but he's really backing up that. And he, he's it's not like he's sort of tentatively um, um, adding a little bit of his money to a project that may or may not happen. He's really behind this. So yes, you're absolutely right. It's um, and it's great that we've got that kind of person. Um, as long as we've got the um, we, we've got enough um, sort of I suppose. It's not just logistics, but it's the management behind all of that to make sure that that things happen, um, the, the boring things happen, um, the, the, the backup systems, yeah. the safety checks, um, the things that um, that need to link onto other systems in the future, the longer term things as well. That all that's going on, and, and I think they are, from what I know, and I don't don't know the company very yeah. well. Um, so yeah, um, for, for all for all that perhaps it's, he's not he's not very British. I think that's the thing. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> he's, yeah, yeah. he's getting it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, yeah, he's definitely not very British. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, from all accounts, that Gwyn Shotwell, who's the, the sort of SpaceX, is she's the steady hand on yes. the rudder by by all accounts. Yes. She's a, uh, yeah. A bit of a legend in that respect. The kind of yeah. Well, that's what you, you need. You need oh, one gosh, of either side. Yeah, so um, does yeah. Elon Musk need someone like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and actually, we the company probably needs him too. But yeah. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Um, what else? We had an interesting thing in January where Eric Bow, who was supposed to be one of the Starliner test flight uh, people, was replaced by Mike Fink. Because he was yes. poorly, or not, you know, or for for health, for health reasons, which doesn't happen very often, does it, for NASA astronauts? No, I think well, because of course they're, they're selected and uh, all, all this stuff is screened out. But um, I don't know the details. I mean, it, it, but you know, it might be that uh, um, the individual just decided he didn't want to go on anymore and put it down to for medical reasons. It's kind of a, yeah. it means that he doesn't have to explain anything else. Uh, but it, but it may well have been so. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that that was an unusual, and and actually, the the saddest one of January was that the Opportunity rover died. 
Oh, I know. Or was officially yes. declared dead. Yes. It had not survived a But they did a dust grand on. job. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Mm. I mean, that that's one of those missions. See, that's one of those missions where they say, oh, it's going to last six months, and it ends up lasting however many years that it lasted for and doing, like, an... I mean, that really was an ambitious mission, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so February, right. So here's, a good, here's an interesting one that, f- for some reason, didn't have any fanfare at all, but maybe I, I, I'm interested to see what your uh, reaction to it. Dave McKay became the latest British astronaut. Oh, flying, so this is the RF. Yeah, yeah. yeah by flying the uh, VSS Unity above the NASA definition <laughs> <laughs> of space. So uh, have, you, have, have you managed to meet him and, and has he joined your club of British astronauts? So I haven't met him. Um, as The Association of Space Explorers definition is is doing an orbit of the Earth. So in oh, that respect, right. he's not that in, in that club, let's say. <laughs> um, so yeah, astronauts get very, so some of them, but not all of them, some of them get very um, um, uptight about who, who should be, um, mm. be part of this club or that club. Um, uh, and I think, um, yes, it's... it's <laughs> as, far, as far as I'm concerned, if, if and actually that, that um, barrier is going to of, of, of whether it's an orbit uh, or not, perhaps you know, the, I suppose that's, that's one thing that there's, there's not that that is quite clear. Um, but w- whether you go into you know where space starts and whose mm. definition and so on, um, that that's going to become very. Um, the, 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 we're going to get a lot of people in that intermediate place. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I think um, so. So. We're, uh, should that person be called an astronaut because they went on the American definition or the um, the rest of the world definition? Um, I think yeah, that's, that's a moot point, to be quite honest. <laughs> it's, it's what they do and how they yeah. progress things that's um, it's going to be interesting. But no, good, good, good. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, the, got, the first Scottish yeah. astronaut if, un, under Scott's the under the NASA one. definition. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like he's squeezed in. Mind you, it's a pretty brave thing to do, isn't it? Fly the the VSS Unity. So I, I guess um, uh, Mars One. A folded, so presumably that, that that was interesting, wasn't it? I think Mars One was one of those, um, one of those ideas that at least it got people talking about going to Mars. Yes, it did, um, and, and I think the ethical considerations were quite an interesting one around that. that you know, whether we should allow people to go who actually actively want to die, mm. um, um, and then it, I mean, that's, I, I don't think that anybody. Um, anybody who really works in the space industry thought that Mars One was a goer from the start. But you're right, it got people talking. And um, I feel sorry for those people actually who paid money and who actually thought that they uh, they really stood a chance because they were feel like they were selected mm. in the end when they? they got through a selection. So I feel sorry for them that um, their hopes have been dashed um, mm. and they were misled, really. Now, in March, um, there was... There was a couple of things. Well, actually, there's a big one in March. Which, but one that didn't, one that didn't happen, that looked like it was about to happen, was the first all-woman spacewalk. That oh, didn't happen because of the spacesuits. Now, actually, I've got a question. <laughs> it, because the one thing I was amazed at was how few spacesuits had ever been made, and that they were still using the same spacesuits that were made in the early 80s and, and sort of still using them and there was only about 11 of them and only eight were working. <laughs> and I was absolutely amazed. Is that, is that the same with the Russian equivalent as well? So I don't know how many the Russians have got, um, but um, but they, they 
yeah, I mean, this is, don't don't change it if it works kind of thing. And they're expensive to make. Yeah, um, they are. Yeah, very expensive. And if you're managing a project and um, and you can get away without creating new ones, especially when you're thinking that actually for a long time, of course, NASA has been thinking um, ISS is um, is has only got a very limited time because then it got extended to 2024. Now it's been extended to 2030. Um, they may extend it yet further. But um, um, I think while ever they were thinking that um, that it's it. it it's going to demise, and they would they would rather spend their money making suits that are designed for a different kind of spacecraft. So I think that's where where the thinking was. Um, and to be quite honest, I, I wonder how many people realised that there had not been an all-woman spacewalk before NASA mm. said they were going to have one. Yeah. I, I hadn't. No, I, I think it, it. I, I almost feel as though when you were listening to it, it was almost like, oh, is this the first? Well, let's look. Oh yeah, it happens yes, to be exactly. the first. I, I do yeah. think it kind of panned out like that. I yeah. don't think anyone kind of realised yes. it until it was. And of course, once they'd announced it and then had to row back on it, that <laughs> yes. was that. That was the. I mean, at least it, it did get done later on in the later on in the year. As yes, well. and I think actually what what did uh, the saying the the discussion that comes out of these things. So it's it's not just the technology and it's not just what we do in space, mm. but it's how that impacts all sorts of aspects of our lives. And when we think about then why it is that so few women have are now astronauts, mm. um, even though. Um, for a long time, NASA has been recruiting women, mm. uh, and we think back through the history and the technology, and that NASA wouldn't recruit women because of the, the technology and that this is how the toilet works and things like mm. that. Um, it, it is interesting that that we we can translate that into everyday life now and make sure that we we do not have any more of those um, those pockets left where oh you know we the you know, I, I, I for instance I wanted to be a, a Navy pilot a helicopter pilot. I was studying at university, um, and the Navy told me, oh, no, um, we don't recruit women for our helicopters because the seats don't fit. You know, seriously. And that, hopefully, we can now take a really hard look at all of our organisations and just make sure that we are not denying, I'm not just talking about gender, but we're not denying people who have, of course, got all the skills and the knowledge mm. and the, they're the, really the most expensive thing in our organisation and the most useful, actually, most flexible, that we're not denying individuals the opportunity to do things because of some piece of hardware that could easily be changed. Yeah, so pres presumably there was a, an issue with, with a lot of those spacesuits that had been designed in an era where there was far more male astronauts, so that that, 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 that had kind of a sort of a legacy of of of, of astronaut yes. choice. I mean, they were designed when um, around big Americans, oh, you think about the Russians, they might be fairly broad, I suppose, yeah. but not, not as broad as also the Americans. So yes, the, the American suits were designed. So I think even the, the, the control panel um, of, of one, one section of the suit, uh, it can't, the suits can't be made any smaller because otherwise that will, that will be wider than the shoulders. Mm. Mm. So it's that kind of technology where they're saying, you know, we've got to the stage where we can't make them any smaller. Now, well, yes, you can, you can change the control panel. Um, but of course that is expensive yeah. if you're thinking that there's a limited lifetime. So we can kind of understand it, um, but, you know, the, the amount of money that they send putting people into space, getting them trained and yeah. so on. Um, yeah, let's, um, let, let's just make sure that we're, we're much more flexible now when we're designing Yeah, hardware. well, it, it did seem later on in the year we did have a couple of announcements. ILC Dover, which, which is one of the sort of big space suit manufacturers, came out and like almost like a surprise, oh, yeah, we've, we've made the next generation space suit. And then NASA actually had a 
display of their new space suits. <laughs> yes. So uh, for the for the Artemis, eating you know, humble pie, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess you know, I suppose they're in the pipeline still, but they just. It, it, it seems like, again, it seems like a technology that feels like it hasn't moved on that you'd expect. It, it makes you realise just how incredible the Apollo era was because it, it made so many things right, like the, the, like the, the moonwalking spacesuits. They must have seemed, oh, that's just a spacesuit. But now when you think, well, how do we make it better? It's like really, really difficult yes. to make it much better yes. and, and certainly not cheaper. And of course, what we, we understand now much more of, of the, um, the, some of the problems, so the dust that, that they had problems with on the moon, and of course the radiation. So we really need spacesuits to protect us from all the radiation. And then as soon as you start adding those layers of whatever it might be, um, water seems to be the... the you know, the solution at the moment, but you know, there's only a certain amount of water and that yeah. you can put around a spacesuit. Um, so yes, we, we need new materials, and so this is where where science can really feed in. And as soon as we have a wonderful new material that's flexible, um, and I think that the, um, the if we can, we also need to think differently. So we often think about spacesuits, or we have to pressurize them, but um, perhaps we can have spacesuits that are actually quite uh, you know almost in contact with the body. Mm. So they they sort of press down on our skin around our legs and so on. You only need to have a helmet part that's pressurised. So, you know, we don't necessarily have to have them pressurised with air all the way through. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, it, and so in some respects, perhaps, the, although the Apollo, I agree with you, it yeah. was a, they did a, a huge amount of stuff that was, was great. We might actually already be training our brains to think along those lines rather than yeah. thinking freely. So, yeah, we need some. Um, so, yeah, this is why um, some of these the people who really do think artistically, creatively, perhaps without that um, being dragged down by the technology that's already happened, can can give the scientists some good ideas. Yeah, it's 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 always a problem, isn't it, with science and engineering in particular, where it's like there there is this solution to the problem and and that's it, and and you of course you you train in it, and when your professor's telling you that's the solution, it's quite hard to say. Well, can we try something else? No, we can't try something else. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so it'd be yeah, it'd be interesting to see because I mean the the, the the new NASA spacesuits look very much like the old uh, NASA spacesuits. They obviously had, you know, slightly better movement and were were better at, like you said, the very very sharp, razor like uh, <laughs> moon regolith protection. But yeah, it it seemed like mm, oh, it's 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 that's it. That's one question I meant to ask. With with your the Sokol spacesuits that you have, the, uh, are they built for the individual? Or are they off-the-shelf items? No, the Sokol ones are built for the individual. Yes, so um, so we we basically stand <laughs> in a room where the, our measurements are taken. Goodness, I've got loads and loads of measurements. I've never had a made-to-measure suit um, before or since, but it was, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I can imagine um, Savile Row's got you know, nothing <laughs> on the Sokol space manufacturers. So, yeah, so they designed the suits to fit. Um, they... they so yes, and they're not bad. There's there's some pipe work inside that that's still I find I find quite uncomfortable. Um, but there's some degree of flexibility. You can sort of move some move it around to a certain degree. Um, so yes, and the idea is that the arm length, of course, um, that's that's really important to be the, the right length. Otherwise, you, you, yeah. <laughs> your hands won't quite reach your gloves, or, or or you'll have problems because you can't stretch out. Um, 
So yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're designed to fit and relatively comfortable. Yeah, so um, they must be. So presumably there's hundreds and hundreds of Sokol's. Oh, there's loads of them. Yeah. We use them in training. Um, you, you know, they, they, they're used in the sea for yeah. sea training. Um, so yeah, they're, they're sort of to a penny, really. And NASA, and they get sold off. For, so there are people who, um, I'm about to say NASA there, but uh, there's, um, presumably it's the Russian Space Agency. But um, but yes, they are sold off to individuals. Um, so for Dallas Campbell, I know, goes right. a, around the country with his Sokol spacesuit, and it's great. So you can um, sort of stand it up and you can... Um, yeah, you can, you, you can imagine he, putting he, it on. Does he know the astronaut that it was tailor-made for? I'm not sure he does. Maybe, maybe, maybe he does. Dallas, if you're listening, come and tell us. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is it made for? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Because presumably if it's not your size, it would just be completely... Horrible to get well, into. it's 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 long if it's bigger, then that's fine. So I used to use um I think I was given Svetlana Savitskaya's suit for training, um, and she and I a similar-ish size. Um uh, so that that was all right. Um if it's too small, it's really difficult to get into. Um if it's certainly if it's too mm. short, um and getting the helmet part over your head is one thing, and then getting it off is <laughs> really horrible. Um but yes, if it's if it's slightly too big, it's not, not so bad for training and you're not using it that that long yeah. often in training it's just a few hours here and there whereas of course if you're actually wearing it to uh, on during launch day you've got it on for well, I think how many hours so you're sitting on the rocket for two and a half hours before the launch and then two and a half hours after before you can take it off that's about five hours plus the time before the launch that you have to put yeah. it on um so it's many hours before you can take it off yeah, yeah got to be could be comfy. Well, they're supposed to be. They're, they're coming out with a new design of so-called spacesuit. There was a, that was there was a, a, a funny news article I saw where they had to return it because you know the tradition of weeing against the <laughs> <laughs> the bus wheel. This this new the new spacesuit doesn't have the the, the flies to to allow the astronaut to do it. So they've decided to, to so change it just for that tradition. I don't know, but apparently it was the 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 manufacturer of the new version said, "Well, you didn't put it in the spec." Yes, hopefully that that that's um that that, that when it, yeah yes it was a kind of a nice tradition to have, but actually again, um you know Russians have got to also understand this business about everybody needs to take part in these things, and of course the women don't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it, uh, you don't do there something. There like wasn't that even tradition. a fi there wasn't even a female equivalent. Um, no, um, I know Soyeon Yi, um, the Korean astronaut, she wanted to take part in the tradition as much as possible. Um, and so um, she even said that she could just take, even if it was just a small cup of water, it doesn't even have to be urine, um, it doesn't even have to be hers, but yeah. should anybody's, she said, what to do. but a small cup of water would do, and she could just perhaps pour that over the wheel. Okay, she would use the other wheel if that, I mean, mm. yeah. Got, but um, uh, she, she said in the end, they, they just didn't want her to do it. I always, mm. I, this is one of the, this is some, uh, uh, something I I find really fascinating is that, that scientists and astronauts and, and engineers are so, you know, science driven. Yet when it comes to things like rocket launches, they become, seem to become the most superstitious people. Well, I'm not sure that, yeah, this tradition isn't really superstition, to be honest. It's, uh, it's, it's, it becomes a tradition mm. and it's kind of, because it's peeing, it's kind of a bit giggle, giggle and funny. <laughs> and, you know, and, and you kind of want to take part in it. I think that, that's it, yeah. is that, that people want to, um, uh, just, just because it's a tradition. But there comes a limit, I think, where, the, where if tradition shouldn't drive what we do. No, no. <laughs> it's nice to have it. Um, we can create new traditions. 
ones. We can yeah. remember the old ones, um, and there'll be some things that, um, that that you, you may you, you may not want to change, but not if it's actually going to affect yeah. the way a spacesuit's made. Well, no, absolutely. Yes. And and you think I wonder how many of these traditions start stacking up when you've got things like oh, you have to have a bag of peanuts in the control room. You think well, how, well, how, <laughs> you've got to grow a beard. Before, <laughs> you're not allowed to shave before the before a flight anymore. It's just like come on, yeah. it, it's gonna it's gonna build yeah. up. So, yeah, that was that was I'd forgotten about that story. I'd, I'd, I don't know where I read it. I think it was on on in Sputnik or one of the Russian <laughs> Russian news, news feeds. Um, right. So we, God, we're only on February. We better we better hurry. Better up. zoom along. We yes. have to zoom yes. along. Um, so yes, actually, um, March. M- Mike Pence um, comes in and surprises everyone with the news that. America's going back to the moon by 2024. This is where this is where it all changed. So, what what was your reaction when you when you heard that? Um, complete hype, and it's never going to happen. And for goodness' sake, um, we, we you know yes, it's great and exciting, but let's not just talk about it. Let's actually do something useful. Um, and I think it's um, uh, it, it, it it may happen, but it's like you know I I just I just want it to be a useful happening, useful occurrence. Let's go to the moon. We don't have to do it in this particular president's second term if he's going to get a second term. You know, mm. let's 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 look at the long term view of this and. Um, and that's where if Trump really wanted to make a good legacy, he would be doing it in a managed way where we're getting the most benefit um, and, the, and the most cost effectiveness mm. as well. So, I mean, the, the, the only argument I can think that, 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 that I think that there has been something good that came out of it is that it's, it's added a certain impetus to get things done, you know, things like—I mean, things like the SLS and, and stuff like that—had just been dragging on and on and on and on. And you feel like, well, well, it's there's a there's a brilliant phrase about if if you're going to go to the moon at some point, you've got to go to the moon. And and it's just like, well, yeah, actually, that's 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 really true, isn't it? So, it, I think as the years passed, I mean, when I first saw it, I thought well, it's just totally it's totally ridiculous. I know a lot of people are angry because some of the international. Uh, partnerships were being disrupted by it, and et cetera, et cetera. And like you said, it, it kind of adds an element of it's suddenly going to be more expensive, it's less worthwhile, the science won't be there to do it. But as the year's gone on, have you thought that, oh, actually it has given a certain impetus to it? Oh, it certainly has. And a lot of the development has, um, has happened much more quickly than might otherwise have done. Um, and I know a lot of the um, PIs in NASA um, are saying, uh, well, certainly on the surface, will say, yes, absolutely, um, we, we we think we can still do it. Um, so, and you say it, it may actually happen. Um, I, I just really want it to happen in a in a way that's um, that that, you know, that that makes best use of the funds, uh, but not not to delay too much. So you're absolutely right. You know, it's got it's good to to have a target. Yeah. Um, let's just hope that that. The target will is is not so unachievable that it that it then makes a mockery of all the stuff that they've done. You know, because if you develop something to happen in twenty twenty four and then it doesn't happen for another few years, you might have developed something actually quite a lot better yeah. than the rush job that you did. Um, so uh, and communicated better with other teams as well, and, and got something um, with you know with that horrible old phrase critical mass, but something that actually <laughs> yeah. will 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 roll forward in a, in a much better way. I mean, I, there is something that that is inherent with space exploration is is that if you if you put a date 
it it will or in, you'll inevitably miss it. It seems that there's a, <laughs> the only I mean the most famous one that 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 isn't like that is uh, JFK's. We'll get there by the end of the decade, yes. and and they do. Yes. I mean that. Yes. I mean which 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 is one just, of the, but they just. Do. Yes. <laughs> but I mean still what yeah. what an incredible feat. And and you 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 feel as though that at the beginning when when he said that that that. In fact, you can kind of see it quite obviously that that people were thinking, "Ah, oh, we're never going to do it." By the fact that all the flight controllers and people that they got in to sort of work there were, were just all the young kids. It was like, "Well, yes. you lot do it." And it turns out that, of course, they're all absolutely brilliant yes. and, and and really good at yes. what they do and actually make the mission work. But it, I, I, it seems to me that the, the the good aspect of it is it is it pushes the agenda and yes I, I'm com- absolutely convinced they're not going to get 24 I I I'm willing to go down the bridge and <laughs> put money that it's not going to be 24 but I think it's it'll have pushed it earlier than it would have done if you'd said oh we're going to get people on on the moon by 2028 then you'd think well it's going to be 2030 then isn't it well, in space time in in that kind of not mm. Einstein's space time, <laughs> more Musk space time. <laughs> it's like it rolls rolls forward. So, yeah, that was an interesting thing. It certainly changed the landscape a little bit. Yes, for, and for so the, the we, we are. They are still aiming for twenty twenty four, and um, I think certainly parts of the pro- program will be ready by then. Um, so you know, they they may well then those PIs can go on and, and support other people possibly <laughs> in the in getting, making it happen. So yeah, I think who's, so yeah, this is the thing, isn't it? Who's going to get there first? Um, will it be the Chinese? Do you think? Will it be the Americans? To the moon? Yeah, it's it's a, it's, it's an odd one. It might, if the, see the Chinese could skip the moon, couldn't they, and just go straight for Mars? And that's, well, that's yeah, straight, straight for Mars. Could, or do you think they would? I think they they this is Changi Four and all part of yeah. their program. I think you know they've 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 got a very very firm long term, well, short, medium, and long term mm. plan. Um, we only know parts of it, and we often only hear a bit when it's happened already. Parts of these certain parts, but you know, Changi Four. Let's go to the moon. Let's learn about radiation. Let's learn about what's under the moon. Let's learn about um, so we can live there a bit longer. Let's learn if, what it's made of because there may well be bits that we can use, but we don't know that yet. So that's it. Let's learn that. Um, so it's part of this really long plan. And um, I think that the, the amount of investment that the Chinese are putting in, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they send astronauts to the moon yeah. um, before and- Americans get there, get back there. Yeah, that would be. It'd certainly be a shocker, wouldn't it? That the. <laughs> yeah, well, but it'd be. I guess it's it's good, and it's, particularly if they involved, if they embarrassingly involved some of the international partners that had been felt like they'd been slightly left out of the yeah. the, the latest American adventure. Yes, well, and of course, with um, the relationship China has with Russia, um, then it's 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 quite feasible that together they can. Um, they can do something quite powerful. I mean, we may not want it to happen, but it's, it can be quite powerful. Right. So, well, let, let's get on to April and May. There's some. There's some pretty amazing stuff here. Uh, I think April. We can't. We can't go by without mentioning that. There's. There's three. There's three big ones in in April. We've got the first picture of a black hole. Oh, wasn't that fantastic? Which, yeah, well, I, I think as a science story, that has to go down as the biggest one of the year, if not yeah. the decade. I mean, wasn't um, the um, the scientist herself recommended for some amazing award? I think possibly even Nobel Prize or something. Mm. But yes, it's it's um, yeah, absolutely an amazing thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it 
it's one of those classic examples of when the image itself, I think, is slightly disappointing. I think it's very. Th th there must have been people going, but <laughs> how do we how do we tell this story to, to make people realise yes. just how incredible this really is? How do we tell this story when really when we've got this image that looks a little bit well, yeah, looks a bit it's like a so a, far out away, isn't well, it? Well, well, yeah, it was this just is a tremendous. Yes, but I think what the other exciting thing is, is that it, it was very. Um, it, it's pretty much confirmation of the theory mm. um, and how nice that is for so many people who've been studying black holes and the mathematicians and all the people who work the software and so on. Um, it's the image that they thought they would get and there it is. Um, yeah, I mean, it's incredible. E even in my lifetime, I remember as a child, people talked about black holes yeah. and they were kind of a sort of newish thing to talk about but no one took them that seriously and then it's like no they actually exist and and now we've got and you know in yes. my lifetime we've got a picture of one yeah. you know or a picture of what it does to the surrounding <laughs> yes. area rather than a picture of itself yeah but it's yeah i it, it, i think that's it's such an an incredible event um it was the same same month that uh, poor old Bereshit, which was my which was actually my pick of the year for, for something that was going to be amazing. Unfortunately, it crashed mm. on the moon, which I thought, ah, oh, which does make you realise just how hard yes, this is. Isn't it's it? still a long way. We're still relying on a lot of automation. I mean, in some respects, that's why people actually make mission are more likely to make missions successful because they can be flexible. You look at how Armstrong mm. guided. Apollo uh, um, 11 over the, the, the moon's surface and landed in an area that was going to be better to land. Yeah. Had, it, had he not done that, had it been programmed, it probably would have landed and toppled us straight over. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But yes, yeah, it's just sad. Yeah, it's really tragic, isn't it? I mean, that, that it looks so good for, I mean, can you imagine Israel joining the, joining the club of, because yeah. it's only Russia, China, and America that have managed a soft landing on the on the moon. So that would have been an amazing yes. achievement for, for. And I'm not familiar with how much um, um, sort of support from other nations Israel got, and how much they they really just did it themselves. But um, yeah, it's. It, it, I hope they've they've learnt stuff that they're not going to mm. d disregard. That they will continue. Um, I did panic for a little bit because I knew I knew that they, the 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 rocket engine that they were using for the landing was actually a, a British one or, oh. or made in Britain somewhere. <laughs> so, but it, it wasn't its fault. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, uh, so yes, that was the first mm. of the unfortunate. Because uh, later, of course, in the year we had the Vikram Indian lander doing oh, pretty much a, yes, a repeat yes. performance of of yeah. of a of a. A missed opportunity, and we also lost Owen Garriott. The yeah, that's very sad. I mean, yes, yeah, sort of beloved astronaut, and lovely man actually he was as well. So um, I didn't know him hugely well, but I met him on a number of occasions, um, and I think you know he gave NASA such a lot of good advice because of all of his Skylab experience, um, and then of course he flew on shuttle as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you know you know his son? So Richard, yes, I know Richard probably better than I, I yeah. knew Owen. That's probably more my generation. Richard's younger than me, of course. But um, uh, yes, um, Richard gave his father a good send off um, at the Association of Space Explorers meeting we had in Houston, um, just not, not not so long ago. But um, but yes, we um, yeah we, we we gave him a 
yeah, good send off. I think there's a tree now planted in his memory yeah. in Houston as well. Because he's a, he's a sort of member of the British Astronaut Club, isn't he? Well, Richard certainly is. Because yeah. I mean, yes, he's um, he's he's definitely he's got a British passport. He's half British, and and he does a lot of good stuff for us too. He um, he does come and um, and, and give talks and um, um, supports the British Interplanetary Society. Mm. So yeah, uh, yeah, he's it's been a good good value for for Britain. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Richard, to heal this thing. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that was a, that was a sad one, and actually a, a really big one that I guess was overshadowed by the science of the black hole was there was a Mars quake, the first Mars quake that well, insight had, about had that. picked yes. up. Yeah, so that's um, yeah. I think that's a big one yes. showing that Mars is actually yes, it's still active. It's still not, actually yeah. active that there's stuff mm. going on. I mean, perhaps we shouldn't be too surprised. It's similar size to the Earth. It's quite. You know, it's 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 quite therefore you know it's quite close to the to the sun. It's, yeah. It won't have cooled off as rapidly as yeah. some of the you know the the other very very far away planets. Yeah, I suppose it's a bit like putting some something very very hot and it's cooling down and it's still cracking and mm. still shrinking in places. Yeah, it's it's like yeah. an old house. But we don't really understand so that the centre, do we, yet? Um, yeah. This is and this is partly why it's sort of quite exciting and other things that have gone on about what about gases that have been detected, perhaps we'll come on to those in the, a bit later on. But, yeah, it's all, all very interesting. So then, yes, in May we have um, Bezos very rarely took to the stage to uh, talk about Blue Moon, one of his, which is his, his lunar lander, which I think is actually one of the interesting... one of the interesting spin-offs of, of Trump's get-to-the-moon-soon plan, Artemis, is this... Is this commercial lunar payload surfaces, the clips. Have you been following that story at all? So, um, only uh, in, in the part of our team is and so on, but it's, um, I think the, uh, Bezos is, is a really interesting guy because we don't hear so much about him because he's not the same kind of character as Elon Musk. And, um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Bezos manages to get there. <laughs> um, he's, he's doing things in a, um, perhaps a, a, a calmer way. Um, he doesn't have to be the first. He just has to get it right. Um, and yet he's investing hugely. And um, yeah, it wouldn't be, I, th I think I think there's a very strong chance that, um, that that that's going to get there. So he yes. So he could be very much part of this Artemis program. Mm. But the, yeah, the, the the clips in the hole could be some interesting because there was also a British um, a British lunar rover announced that's part of that clips program which is this little space bit looks like a little spider have you seen that i've not seen this no, one yes, who's making it's, that it's um a, a company called space bit oh, and it's gonna right. it's gonna fly it, it, with it, a with a, a lander called the astrobiotic i think which is uh, what, what's the name of their lander astrobiotic is the company but they, yeah they've okay. got a lander and they've got this little almost like a spider great four-legged Yes. Spider that's going to crawl across the lunar surface. That's the <laughs> that's the British part. That's the, as far as I can see, the only British entrance into this into the into that hall. British engineers certainly will be involved in in a, um, a big chunk of hardware on Gateway. Um, yeah, so I think that that's that's very positive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, the the Gateway. So the Gateway's been on and offish kind of all mm -hmm. year. It seems because that, that that's the bit I don't. Get what's happening with it because because for me the gateway seems like a does seem like a good it's got a lot of people that don't like it but I can see the attraction of having something where you can test yeah 
where you can yeah. test trips to Mars yes. and what it's like to be Absolutely. on a spaceship that's going to Mars. Absolutely. No, I think it's, it's got a, a lot of advantages. So the Gateway, uh, in conjunction with um, a base on the moon where you can store things, because there's a limit to how much we can gonna store on Gateway. Um, and on the moon, we'll hopefully be able to actually manufacture fuel, um, water um hopefully um yeah. and so there's a lot i think to be said for a good combination which is why i think you know we shouldn't just go to the moon quickly in 2024 <laughs> we need to develop these things in conjunction <clears throat> so we've got a good long-term plan um so yeah i think um, i mean buzz doesn't like gateway does he and he's made no, made no yeah it's funny isn't it there, there's there's the anti gateway brigade but I, I can see the advantage mm. of it. I, it and the fact that you can go to any part of the moon quite easily mm. by because of the funny orbit yes. that it's and we in. know how to now we're really experiencing docking onto space stations mm. and we don't need to worry about that um i think when apollo um went to the you know, the the, the undocking and redocking they were just doing it themselves and that was a scary factor but now it's, it's, yeah, we're good at that and we can um we can keep astronauts alive and we understand about feeling weightless mm. and you know, it's, it's being up there for significant lengths of time, probably much safer than people being on the moon itself. Um, so, yeah, that's, um, I, I'm, yeah, I agree with you. Let's, uh, let's <laughs> use Gateway. Let's have, have a, um, a, a gradually enlarging base on the moon to suit our purpose, but in conjunction with a Gateway, possibly two in the end, but yeah. so we'll start off with one. Um, so the gateway wouldn't have to sort of grow as big as the International Space Station because you've got this almost like a storage on, I, on the moon. I think so. I think that, that, that would make sense to me to yeah. uh, to use the, the lunar base as a physical place to store stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah. the astronauts may be better in a in a space station that we, where we we've. Um, where we haven't had to erect it on the moon on the lunar surface because mm. of all of that um the hazards of being on the surface there uh, and having to wear a spacesuit in order to erect um a habitat we, you know we've, we've got our space station we can erect it in modular bits yep. we know how to live there so yeah let's let's use that yep. and, and then learn about the the lunar base in in conjunction do you think that there do you think there's going to have to be a, a moment where financially maintaining a international space station around the earth and a, a gateway is going to be tricky for for someone like nasa or do you think that well let's hope that um, we have a bit more than um basically nasa and russia um so china will have its own space station mm. don't doubt and and they and china will be going off to yeah. the moon and then to mars so um there, there's more than just um just the international space station partners i think yeah mm. yeah 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 in fact, the Chinese, at some point in the year, the, the second Chinese space station came back down and burnt up in the atmosphere at some point. I can't remember when, when that was, but that that happened this year and the year before. We had an uncontrolled Chang'ong 1 come down, and then this year, I believe, they controlled the uh, ascent of that one. So, yeah, in, that, in fact, that was in, in July, I believe. Well, that's <laughs> um, why we missed it, because yeah. of everything else going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I suppose... If we're going to talk about anything, is is yeah, is is Apollo, and and the Apollo celebrations. And I know that you got heavily involved in that. So how, oh, was, that, how was that for you? It was, I mean, great fun. It was such a delight to um, to feel, I suppose, a bit part of all of that excitement. And um, and yes, I think um, it, it, it. I mean, I, I, I there was festivals that that would not have otherwise included. Um, information about space, um, whether it was space science, whether it was, I, I went to Blue Dot and there was Monica Grady talking about um, 
meteors and so on, meteorites. Um, I was there, James Burke, you know, fantastic. Mm -hmm. and, and I got to meet James Burke. I got to interview him in the Science Museum so in front of a, an, an audience. Oh, I hardly interview, he's such an easy person to, to chat with. He was lovely. And, uh, and it's great that we've got, you know, I've, I've had that kind of experience as well as, um, you know, all of that stuff that we, we got to hear about Apollo and people, you know, who just weren't born when um, Apollo 11 happened, when any of the moon landings happened. And I think um, to, for those people to realise how significant that was to a whole generation and how amazing it was, actually. I mean, although I was born, I was only six when Apollo 11 happened and I just grew up with you know, the moon being part of our culture because I had, I mean, I had no no concept at that age of how difficult it was to get there. Um, so, you know, poems about the moon, that's what we did in Eng English language lessons at school. Um, so it, it wasn't, a, it was exciting because it was, we had to do projects about it, but I had no idea until much later on what an amazing feat that was in terms of the engineering, the design of it all, um, the management uh, um, of, of missions like that, and the skill of actually <laughs> piloting these things, yeah. um, and the bravery of those astronauts. So um, yeah, it was it was huge, and it was good just to get all out again, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely. I mean, for me, that that reading through each of the different things and saying, oh, it, it, that is just incredible. And like you said, it's very hard. I think. I think even if you if even if you have a passing in, as an adult with a passing interest about space, I think it's quite difficult to actually see how hard it was. I think that there's a there's an element of it where you you really have to understand how hard it is to fight against Earth gravity just to get into low Earth orbit, and you think, oh my gosh, it's actually ridiculously difficult. And we have and we haven't really invented a new way of doing it either, because this was a uh, one of the things you know people were chatting with me at work and these are people that don't have a massive interest in space but the one thing they're interested in is why haven't you know why haven't we gone back to the moon again and it's just like because it's really difficult I don't think they actually it don't think it's very very hard to convey how ridiculously difficult yes. it it is but I think that was the, that was the one thing that that came over for me and yes. in, in that Apollo 11 season <laughs> and how different it is from operating in low yeah. earth orbit um getting to and from low earth orbit piece of cake and how much further away the moon is you know a thousand times further away than than where international yeah. space station is so um yeah it's it's it, it's been been good to think about it it's been good to i think having it made us also think about the future actually and that that's also been very good so it's not just let's celebrate something that happened mm. 50 years ago because five zero is a nice number to have but it's it made us think about about why why we haven't gone back and 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 what we have to do in order to do that to get there. Yeah, I mean it's 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 the it's the so many things went right for Apollo. That's that's the thing I can't I, I can't get my head around. I mean, obviously there was the tragedies mm. during the Apollo one and and the near tragedies of, of yes. Apollo thirteen, but it's it's the but. So many things went. They got so many things right. Even even the lunar yes. rendezvous and the way that they were actually going yes. to approach the problem. Because just... they threw investment at it, didn't they? In terms of money, 
people, people equals money, I know quite often as well, but that, that huge investment that the Americans were prepared to put in that, um, huge, huge amount um, in a, quite a short space of time. And it just goes to show how much we can do. Um, if we do work collaboratively, teams work together because everybody wants to get people on the moon. Mm. And if, it, if their t team, it wasn't just about my team's job and I just don't want to be the, the, the one that's blamed for anything. They just wanted to work collaboratively for that really that huge common goal. Mm. Um, we need to remember sometimes that's, that, that's what achieves the great things. It's not just about an individual you know, being adulated. It's mm. the goal that everybody's working towards that can just the great thing. Yeah, I think you, you, you touched on it just a second ago about the, the management. Just actually, I think NASA, that whole era of people that were working at that point, they invented a whole new way of working on, on a project that was you know, out, literally out of this world. And actually, well, uh, there's something I missed off the notes actually here, but but we, we lost Chris Kraft in that in that, oh, yes, that era. Did, and I think he yes. was he deserves a shout out as being yeah. one of the, the sort of great architects of of the whole program and keeping a really steady hand on the rudder. He, he yes. was obviously a, a really fantastic person. I know, and I know people who knew him personally just... He, couldn't give people enough time. Yeah, no, we gave him a posthumous award in um, uh, in, in Houston, at the Astronauts Congress. It was yeah, I think he had a great amount of respect from many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was sad, but he just I think he just about made the Apollo Eleven celebrations, which is uh, which which is not true of a lot of the Apollo yeah. astronauts, isn't it? So we, we are at the end of that era. So it's, it's, it's kind of time we did <laughs> a new era of, of out-of-earth yes. orbit. Yes, but I think you said earlier as well, it's the, the, there were so many young people working on Apollo. Um, and I think it's, uh, that itself also is, is, uh, enabled them to be quite um, creative, um, not bogged down by technology and um, that, that had gone before. They, could, um, they, they were prepared to give things a go. Yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, hopefully... There'll be a whole bunch of new <laughs> new young people that yes. are coming yes. into into. But the other thing, actually, before we leave Apollo, is that mm. it's it's it was there were so many events around the country, events that happened in places that I would not necessarily have expected um, to get excited about the moon. Um, libraries had um, you know reading summers all about space. Um, there were um, cathedrals. Um, I actually went to um, a number of cathedrals to talk about space. Um, so, you know, centres of, you know, of, of religion um, where the deans are saying, yes, we want our people. Um, in, we, we think it's right that we think about space and about science and we understand that because it does improve life and it's good to debate these things. We don't just have to turn a blind eye to that because we've got to believe in, in our religion. So I think it was, it was really, really great to bring so many people um, in, in, together to, to think, people from walks of life who would not necessarily say I've, uh, I've come to think about space. Yeah, and and I think well, I mean on on an even kind of broader point than that, I suppose it the Apollo Eleven celebrations took everyone's minds off the off the tedium of <laughs> of several <laughs> several things going on in Britain. <laughs> it was yeah, I mean it's it, for me, I mean it's it just like yeah, actually look when when we all club together and we can do stuff. Look at look at the things that we can achieve, and it's it's a it is. Good, good old America for doing for for doing the Apollo missions because it, it it was it's a spectacular beacon of what you can achieve. Yeah. I think, as is the International Space Station. Mm. I think I think if if anything, the International Space Station might even be 
more so because it's such a collaborative effort. Yes, and, the, and the, the Americans have learnt a lot actually from that collaboration with a culture, the Russian one, that is so different to theirs, um, uh, where they um, sort of past superpowers, uh, rivals superpowers, and um, where in space rivals as well. So I think it's yes, it's been been a lot of really good lessons have come out of ISS. Well, one thing I've noticed with with astronauts that they talk about their Russian colleagues on on space stations with a lot of love and respect that, that, that it seems that that it is do you think that's really really important for people to work with with people across a perceived barrier so that oh, they can yeah sure i mean this is how science has gone on um and how we get the best results in science when we're collaborative um and where we have people coming from different backgrounds so you can think about different uh, impacts for the science that you're doing and even if it's complete blue skies in terms of you know let's say pure scientific research um, you've got people with themselves that are from a diverse sort of mindset um, and they add hugely to the science um, bring, bring in aspects that you might not otherwise have considered and in space yes it's great that um, so the, the, the management people on the earth work together but in space the astronauts are really learning about uh, about individuals in, in a very very personal way and it's, it's so important to build those friendships so they, they last forever those kind of friendships yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah which it, it actually takes you that back to that point that we made earlier about getting stuck in a in a certain mindset isn't it with the, the more inclusive you can be of, of people bringing them in and, and thinking about different things in different ways it's it's extraordinary isn't it that that's not done more often yeah, that, can't that, agree more yeah 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 I have to say that's that's I'm very much on that tip this year. <laughs> but maybe maybe that's a maybe that's a maybe that's a legacy of of learning a lot about space. I think is that that space is clearly a lot of great things happen and science as well. When you look at the science of that black hole picture, it involved pretty much every corner of the world. Mm. We're, we're, we're involved across all the different science papers. Um, was there anything exciting that that happened near the end of the year? Well, I tell you what's happening right now. Actually, is that that we might actually have missed it. Oh, <laughs> is is the is the CST one hundred test? Oh, it's actually. I think it's happening today. Yes, <laughs> I think it it might be happening right now. I'm just going to go to my. So I've I'm got just an, back I've from. I've got I've got an app called Space Launch Now, which I have to say okay. is absolutely <laughs> genius for things like this. Let's, let's have a look. <laughs> So I've missed out some of these. There things. we go. Oh, Launch in flight, sixteen minutes. So there it is. It's actually, it's actually, it's, it's actually up there. Yeah. Great. So that seems to have that seems to have happened. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one that's one uh, that's one seems. There we go. Oh, everybody's celebrating. So yeah. yes. <laughs> there you go. So that's yeah. That's that's interesting. So that's that. As I sit here, we 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 looks like we're just about to start a new era of of American <laughs> flight into into yeah. space. So that's, yeah. that's very interesting. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. So good end to the year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We managed to end on a high note after, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, so, yeah, that so few, so few of the things that I thought were going to happen at the beginning of the year got yes. delivered. Was there, was there one particular massive highlight for you this year? 
I think perhaps not so much a highlight. Obviously, Apollo was the very, really exciting thing that was going on. Um, I loved Hi uh, yeah, the, this. I'm getting excited about Hayabusa 2 and all yeah. the things that are going on there and um, yeah, firing the projectile into the comet, uh, into the asteroid got me. I think we'd most mention, though, perhaps some. Uh, so there have been three sad events oh. this year. So we mentioned um, um, Owen Garrett already. Um, of course, in September, we lost Sigmund Yane as well. So such a beautiful man in so many different ways um, and a great loss to the for the Germans, but, but also, you know, he provided them with so much support and he was so good at his um, uh, co collaborating with the Russians as somebody who really understood um, how, how, how to, to work a team and, yeah. uh, and how to get people involved. And of course, there was Alexei Leonov wasn't mm. there as well. So when um, we lost him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's a, another sad time. But, but nonetheless, it, it saved um, three people who, you know, towards the end of their life, they, they've, they've, they've had long lives and they've, they've put back so much as well. It's not just that what they did in terms of their space mission, but what they, how were they able to use that as well later and, and each did it in their own way. Yeah, so you, you, you knew Alexei Leonov? Oh, Alexei, yeah. I mean, I met Sigmund as well a few times, but I, Alexei I knew quite well because he was my boss in Star City. Oh, wow. Um, so he was in charge of the foreign astronauts, the non-Soviet astronauts, um, when I was there um, uh, towards the end of the 1980s and very early 90s. Then he retired from that not long after my space mission. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, he, he basically he was he was in charge of our whole training, um, making sure that we didn't come to any um, any harm. <laughs> <laughs> A hard job to have, probably, um, because we're all quite uh, diverse and we were coming from our own backgrounds of wanting to be independent. And yet um, the Soviets want, knew that um, actually mm. they just looked after their astronauts and they wanted us to be part of that. So, um, yeah, some um, yeah, some fun fun things I did, um, that I remember of Alexei. There was one particular evening where um, he was so desperate that um, Ryoko Kuchi, the Japanese backup, and uh, she was doing her training at the same time as I was. Um, we were going off to a party and he was so desperate for us not to go to this party. Um, <laughs> I don't know what he thought this party was going to end up yeah. like being, but um, I think said, I think he thought it was going to be um, be quite uh, <laughs> quite quite a, quite a good party, let's say, that, uh, that he, we shouldn't go to. And so he was desperate to distract us. He invited us to his house, um, of his flat. Um, he cooked pilmeni. He explained how to make pilmeni. He took ages doing Doing this, he fed us with pilmeni and more pilmeni and more pilmeni, and we were full to bursting. And eventually, about sort of, I don't know, it was quite late on in the evening, um, um, he bid us farewell. I think probably thinking that the yeah. party um, will be coming to an end. But of course, <laughs> <laughs> we knew it wouldn't be. So um, yeah, Ryoko and I slept, so sort of slipped away, but and, um, and went to the party full of pilmeni. But um, yeah, we, we we could join the party then. But no, he was just such a. Um, you know, it was ebullient and yeah. uh, and the, the life and soul of of, of parties. Yeah. Um, he knew how to get everybody involved, actually. So if he felt somebody was left out, he would make a big thing and bring them into the into the unit. And then you'd, you know, you wouldn't be aware, actually. But if you if 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 you, if you occasionally had a spot that he himself had then gone off to another part of the of the social event to bring somebody else in um he's he was very very good at that wow. um, yeah yeah I, I i just love his face it just looks like he's got <laughs> such a he's got <laughs> there's always a sort of twinkle of mischief in his oh in, yes in his, yes well of course it was it was alexei who um who, who created this pink frilly outfit that he, he got a dressmaker to make i had no idea this was at the launch site in kazakhstan in the two weeks of quarantine he goes off to a dressmaker 
takes all my measurements that, of course, have been made for the spacesuit. Yeah. And so they know exactly how um, my, my size. And this dressmaker, at Alexei's request, and he chooses the, this <laughs> blooming pink stuff <laughs> to make it out of. These great big frilly shorts and blouse combo that he then tells me to keep a secret from my commander, stuff inside my spacesuit. Um, and then after we, you know, after the launch, to, when I take off my spacesuit, to try and put it, it tells me a, a little sort of area inside Soyuz where it'll be out of the way, where um, Tonya wouldn't um, wouldn't think to go looking. So I could keep it a secret until we have our special dinner on board the space station and I could then float through wearing my pink frills. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Alexei. <laughs> but yeah, he, he knew. He knew not only that it was going to be fun in space and, uh, yeah. and so on, but he also knew that I would kind of squirm at wearing such a thing. <laughs> and, and so, yes, the whole thing, the delight, I'm sure. <laughs> I couldn't get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, well that's that's a, what a, what a sad miss then. Well, I know, yeah, well, yes. yeah. But again, somebody you know, late in life, he's he's um, done so much in his life and um, and and contributed in so many different ways. So it's it's great to remember people yeah. um, and 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 the things that they've done. But um, but yes, that sadly time does move on. And yeah, um, well, yeah. I mean, it will always have the it will always have the record as the first person to. Do a spacewalk. That's uh, that's it, isn't it? I mean, that's yes. that's an incredible, yes. an incredible yes. thing. Never be broken. That's yeah. It. The, first. the first spacewalker ever, and uh, yeah, and and what an achievement. And mm. um, yeah, he would have been probably the first person on the moon as well had um, Apollo not so rapidly progressed yeah. in the way it did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, he, he. I guess I suppose in that way he's the he's the Russian Armstrong, wasn't he? Yes, and, and of course, then became Apollo Soyuz, and um, yeah. and struck up this relationship with Tom Stafford um, from the uh, Apollo side, and uh, and and right right through the the rest of their life, both in work and in private, they were really really good buddies. Um, Tom Stafford went to Alexei's funeral. I mean, Tom's mm. not not a spring chicken anymore, <laughs> no. uh, and and you know he made the journey, and um, yeah, was there at the funeral. So yeah, it just uh, just shows how how those ties yep. do bind you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So that it's uh, what a what a what a great advert for great advert for space, really, yeah. in terms of joining yeah. people together. So yeah, I think I think that wraps wraps it up for the year. We've had it. it, it even though all the things I said were going to happen didn't happen, it's still been an absolutely jam packed. I mean, we've we've not even mentioned things like the transit of Mercury and stuff like that, but there was a lot going on in the year. So yeah, thank you very much for for running through it all with me. Well, it's my pleasure, and I just I just love the um, your knowledge of the, all of oh, the well. detail and stuff behind that. It's it's, uh, it's it's yeah, it's 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 great that you're doing this podcast. I think because we have um and there are people who otherwise wouldn't have access to mm. such um a, a variety of, of good in-depth stories mm. from you um, the, um stories that are accurate as well and that, that's mm. the thing you get mm. people to talk who, who uh, they, they were really there they, yeah. they know what they're talking about yeah, this is yeah, yeah. it's not second hand it's you know absolutely I, I i it's uh we do have i do it's amazing even in the edit i'll still go through and fact check because i can't i can't bear the thought because i've done it before where we've left something in that's not quite right and you go ah oh, no I don't, I don't, I don't, the fake news thing, you don't want to keep perpetuating a, mm. something that's not quite right. Yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, but, but thanks very much. Thank you very much for, for coming down. And uh, it's a pity that Jamie couldn't make it. 
We Poor miss thing. Jamie. Yeah. Jamie, we'll, um, you'll, um, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up, I'm sure, Jamie. Yeah. I look forward to that in the future. <laughs> Got to go and see to the miserable weather now. It's not, not looking very Christmassy, is it, outside? It's not very Christmassy, but I'm just back from International Space University in Strasbourg. And although that was warm and a bit damp as well, yeah. um, of course, it looked very, very Christmassy yeah. in Strasbourg. Yeah. So not, at, I assume, in particular. <laughs> though they did have a, 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 a good tree there. Um, and part of, actually, part of what we were doing there was um, we unveiled Pardon me, we, 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 we did the astronaut panel. We, we, did, we, we spoke with the students, but we unveiled a statue to the cat, Felicitette, Felicitette, oh. Felicitette, sorry, Felicette yeah. uh, the French cat who, who went off into space. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Christmas, is, Christmas will come. <laughs> that statue, was that, was the, who organised that? Because I remember seeing a, a Kickstarter. Yes, exactly. Was it that yeah, Kickstarter? It was exactly that. Oh, wow, yes. yeah, because we had yeah. that. Yeah, we mentioned that, I think a couple of years ago, mentioned Great. that Kickstarter. So it actually yeah. all came yes, to fruition. Yes, all came and... to fruition. And there's a beautiful statue. So there's a, a bronze um, earth um, and this beautiful, um, <laughs> I'm sure it's not, not really what Felicet looked like. As far as I can see, Felicet was a pretty bog standard chunky moggy. But this beautiful, <laughs> elegant kind of cat is um, with a, a, her tail curved around the earth. It's sort of looking skyward um, now in the International Space University's main hall. Oh, well, yeah. I've been saying the name wrong. I've been calling it Felicet. But that's I think it's fairly set. Yes, it was. Felicet. I think yes. So it was good. Of course, it's the the um, female version of Felix. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, that's that's. <laughs> so what have you got planned for twenty twenty? What's your uh, what's your big? So twenty twenty, um, I must get a book published. So that is. Yeah. Um, I've, I've. Are we allowed written... to know what your what it's about? Or? Um, well, it will, the first one will be. I have a number in my mind, but probably one a year. Um, so this one will be a children's book. Um, science stuff that we learn from science is sort of a, um, a sort of a, a, a sort of a, it won't be a very long book. It will be um, uh, quite short. Um, sort of almost like a um, just a, a, something that they can that can be flipped through. You might read a page at night. You might dip into it in, in between mm. times. Um, but yeah, something short and sweet, but that gives them a flavour of what it's like in space. But actually, um, is is teaching science and teaching love of mm. science mm. through it. Yeah, brilliant. Well, there, there, there can be no better book <laughs> against people into science, yeah. Any particular theme about it, or is it...? Is oh, it, it will be um, astronauts, yes, so, yeah. so being in space. But yes, and thinking, obviously, about uh, about the future, because the young people um, are likely to be those that are going to be most impacted. And if it's not they themselves who might go to Mars, which is, an, you know, wow and exciting, and many young people um, would, would do that, you know, and, and, and are seriously considering wanting to be astronauts. I get asked so many times, you know, what do I have to do? Um, and then people are really asked, you know, they're, they're going to be studying STEM subjects um, to give themselves those opportunities mm. um, and doing all sorts of other exciting, wonderful things in their life as well, I hope, because that's what will make a great astronaut and a great astronaut team. But, um, but yeah, the young people will, um, will go to Mars, they will make use of Mars, they will um, um, and, and use that as the beginning of a, a whole new era. You're not going to invent any new ice creams then, <laughs> Now there's a thought. <laughs> yeah, you've done Mars, you should start going out into different, <laughs> different planets. Pluto ice we'll do, cream. Yeah, maybe. Pluto ice cream, yeah, there we go. A sort of smaller portion. <laughs> And very hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks very much. Thank you. My Thank pleasure you. entirely, Matt. Thank you very much for Excellent. inviting me. The Interplanetary Podcast is alive! Wow. There we go. That yes. was incredible. Comprehensive, interesting, passionate. And that was just Helen. Wow. I, t I can't believe how much we got the year wrong. <laughs> 
It was supposed to be yeah. the year commercial space came of age, and it none none of it happened. No, no. commercial moon landing. No commercial providers of astronaut flights, no commercial space tourism, no commercial space internet. Well, sort of, actually. The commercial space internet probably was the one that um, came along the most. I think we just got a bit excited last year. Yeah. So I've I've put a massive list on the blog of all the things that happened in the year, all mm. the sort of highlights of everything we've talked about this year. So if you want more details, why don't you run over to the blog and have a look? Get yourself over to blog. And the website is www.interplanetary.org.uk. Or putting the ace back into dot space. You are so modern, Matthew. Um, Jamie, do you want to hear my final space fact of the year? Yes, please. Well, it's, actually, it's a sort of combination of facts. It's been a hundred years of the International Astronomical Union, the A, oh. the IAU, which we talk about a lot because they, of course, decide what planets and stars and asteroids are going to be called. What a beautiful century. Congratulations, team. Well done. So that's 100 years of astronomy unions. And now we're living in an era where it's it's been longer than 50 years since we first ventured onto another celestial body. And I think next year it's going to happen. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not going to do the same as last year. I'm going to be more cautious. Well, we'll see in our preview of the year next week, Jamie, what, exactly. uh, what, what, what we come up with. Well, let's see if we can keep our 100% record of being totally wrong. Well, Matt, uh, on that note, would you like to encourage any of our handsome, gorgeous listeners to maybe give us their thoughts of their predictions of 2020 so Absolutely. we can read them out? Yes. In fact, let's do that. Anyone well, got any yeah. uh, great, great um, uh, insights, let us know and uh, we'll read them out. Matt, what kind of medium can people let us know on? They can tweet. They can Instagram. Yeah. They can go via the contact on the website. What, a good old-fashioned email? Yeah. Or, if you're a patron, you can obviously talk to us in the Discord. And if you want to send Matt any night nurse, then he will be leaving his address on the Instagram channel very soon. Excellent. Night nurse. Jamie. Yeah. Upon that note, I wish to thank all the patrons for all their support this year. Oh. And... Shall we let them get on with furthering their winter festivities and looking forward to the new year? Enjoy yourself, stay safe, um, have a few drinks on us and we'll see you in the new year. Thank you so much for all your support. And if you are interested in becoming a patron, you know where to head. We just told you the website, interplanetary.org.uk. Bye-bye, Spotcats! See you later, yeah?